Welcome, everybody, to Sippin' and Shippin'. I'm your host, Brian Weinstein. We'll be kicking it here every third Thursday, quenching your thirst for an insider's take at trending ways to enhance your customer's experience. So grab your drink of choice and kick back. It's Sippin' and Shippin' time. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sippin' and Shippin'. This is Brian Weinstein. I'm here with my trusty sidekick, Caitlin Postal. How are you? Good. How are you today? Excellent. Excellent. We have CJ Confer here, an industry lifer in supply chain and logistics for many years. How are you doing today, CJ? Good, Brian. Thanks for having me. No, no. Appreciate you coming out. And uh, so we did this the other morning and we did a a morning edition where where we were sipping on coffee. But today is our first ever happy hour edition. Uh, and uh, Caitlin and CJ both left it to me to make the decision. As as I've mentioned in the past, I am a tequila drinker, and I thought, we. I thought for sure you were going to say Duncan. Duncan with some Bailey. Duncan, Duncan with Bailey. With so, some, so that something. is. I am a creature of habit. Now you're pointing that out. That's now right. I'm, I'm, that's sorry, right. I'm sorry to interrupt you though. On with the tequila talk. That's okay. That's okay. So today I brought Chinaco. It's Chinaco Blanco. Uh, I don't even know where I found it. How I discovered it? Actually, through a friend. And uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. cheers. All right. Good to get this one started. All right. So we're going to talk today about how brands can, you know, what's happening with brands and parcel. Yeah. All right. So this is, this is a huge deal. And maybe we take a step back and, and talk a little bit about like 2020. I, I, obviously, the whole transformation because of the pandemic and everything that went on. Right. It's just it's really changed the way the parcel providers are playing the game and and really what their network was like. Were they even geared for this? Yeah. I mean, I think that they always had peak capacity, so they know how to run a peak. I mean, they, they, they understand that. But to be able to do it over an extended period of time, obviously, you saw a lot of CapEx being spent by both companies during the pandemic. Um, you know, what was interesting to me, too, was just how many people would think the, the thought was, oh, my gosh, FedEx and UPS are killing it. They're, they have so many more shipments. I think what, what was lost in a lot of people's mind was the fact that, that their more profitable shipments, that commercial business, really disappeared. Yeah, so, right. yeah. you know, it made such a change in terms of the cost and the cost structure around their revenue per package. You know, instead of pulling three trucks up to a, a one building in New York and delivering 200 laptops or 2,000 laptops, they had to deliver to each individual person's house. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. You know, uh, you know for, for I know for us, we saw in our network in April, May, our e-commerce volume for our customers was was outpacing the volume that we had in November, December 2019. Yeah, and I think that anticipation was just kind of building yeah. where, CJ, you're saying like everyone thought UPS, FedEx, they're killing it, but okay, how long can they kill it and what's going to happen when peak hits? Mm-hmm. Now what? How are they going to handle this influx? Right, right. So you've got, now you've got in April and May, you've got volumes that are exceeding what was the peak in 2019. Yep. And that's, that's just like the beginning of COVID. I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then when it gets worse, I mean, you saw the customer, I mean, that the shipping providers even went as far as putting surcharges on packaging, you know, or surcharges on shipments, which I never thought I would see them go after the big dogs like Target and, and a lot of the big box retailers. But they, they actually had to play surcharges just because of how much their costs were increasing during that time during COVID. Right. 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 And now yeah. those surcharges in place, are they ever going to go away? I know. I, I mean, I doubt that. 
Yeah, I mean, FedEx did drop. I mean, UPS dropped theirs entirely, but coming into 2021, if you look, at, especially at the e, if you look at their e-commerce um, economy option in their share post, you see that they raise that list rate a lot higher than FedEx right now, but they don't have the 75 cent surcharge. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what FedEx does with the, with that with that surcharge as well. Well, I have to imagine. I mean, look, in, in fairness. You know, everybody's gut reaction is that they're they're raising these rates because supply and demand, and now they have a captive audience. But the reality is, they don't have the infrastructure to support that volume increase, right? I mean, this was this was such a tremendous burden on their infrastructure. I would I would have to imagine it is. I think, but I do think for years, FedEx and UPS were understanding that that the e-commerce, the wave of e-commerce, and how delivering to homes was more important, and they were trying to trying to you know, offer more options like Saturday delivery options, Sunday delivery options, drop off points. So I think that they were working down this path. It's just COVID accelerated things so quickly. Right. Um, the one thing you did see, which was nice, was the the rate increase in, in terms of the actual net rates from 2020 to 2021 was pretty much on par with what they had done in the past 10 years. So right. you didn't see them, you know, significantly raise rates and take advantage of, of COVID to do, to do that. Right, right, right. And, and, and so let's talk about how they spread it out. So this seven-day-a-week or six-day-a-week shipping options, is that here to stay? Absolutely. I just I don't see how they can come, how they can take back from that. I think customers, you know, they have that need, they have that want. Um, and being able to be convenient for your customer and being able to deliver on those Saturdays and Sundays without charging the extra fees that, you know, before they might need to charge, I think is, is here to stay for good. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Uh-huh. I think so. And to see the brands really pivot side by side with the carriers, right? Like brands that we otherwise saw dominating retail wholesale now realizing the potential into e-com. Now that's a whole different volume pumping into that those networks. Right. And they have to keep up with those trends to keep up with the whole customer experience. Yep. yep. And so what 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 are you hearing right now in the market in terms of the package lags? Is is the lag is I obviously it got really bad during peak. Right. There was only so much you can you can't fit a, a quart of water into a pint jar. Right. So yeah. at some point there was a backlog of packages. Are, are they starting to catch up to it and get back to anything resembling a normal service time? Yeah, I think that you saw that, especially towards the end of January and February. Obviously, um, these last few weeks in February with the storms, especially hitting Memphis and Louisville so hard. It has been, I've actually seen the last two weeks be more difficult than during peak or the pandemic for some of my customers, even to just get picked up right now due to some lag um, in both networks. That being said, obviously, the weather is hopefully on the turn as we're coming into March and, and hope to see that, that not have the delay on their networks uh, much further. But they're still using, they're still putting in infrastructure in CapEx as quickly as they can. Okay. And, and, and so how are you... You know, I know I know you work with a lot of different brands and, 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 and you talk to people. How, how are you talking about managing that customer experience? Like it just seems there's so many variants out there of delivery times and of costs. How are you recommending that people sort of manage that brand, that experience? Yeah, I think that, you know, it, it depends a lot on your product and what you're selling. But I think number one is giving that customer options at checkout to be able to, to manage that experience. I mean, you do you do see a lot of customers that expect some sort of uh, free shipping, whether it be a, 
if it was just free standard shipping or over a certain price value. You see a lot of customers want that, but I've also seen with customers where they're willing to pay part of that express option if you're able to deliver and really give them that experience. So if your operations and your fulfillment, whether you do it in-house or through a third-party logistics partner, if you can keep that on time, um, I, I do see customers willing to put those options in to, to pay more as well. And I think that's key is those options is giving the end user the ability to choose because I think the statistic is like 73% of people abandon their part if they have to pay X amount or any amount for shipping. So why not diversify that offering? Why not give the person the ability to, you know, drink their own poison? It's going to take you 10 days, but you're going to pay five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever the case may be. And it's a question that we get every day. What should I charge my customer for shipping? What do I do? Do I jump on the free shipping bandwagon? Do I set that threshold? Free shipping over $100, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough point, and you really have to understand not only the product, to your point, CJ, but also the end user, I think. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one. So free shipping obviously can be a great way to, to, to put more product in the shopping cart. Right, but how do you determine where where that where the offset is for cost? Like, what what do you what does a customer or what does a brand do to look at that and say and have that delicate balance between price versus where I'm going to start to offer free shipping or discounted shipping of some kind? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I I do talk to a lot of brands and a lot of companies across the board, both big and small, that deal with this, especially depending on the variety and the number of SKUs they have or product as they bring in more product. So um, I think it's it's often overlooked in terms of the shipping costs on on those. A lot of times when you're taking into account a dollar value for free shipping, if you have a small compact product, that can be understandable and it might only double your shipping cost, but when you're looking at other, when you're looking at putting different products from one company together and how you would then have to put that in one box to get it to the end user, shipping costs can really sneak up quickly and eat away from margin that you're not seeing um, in your overall uh, modeling because you might just be going, oh, we'll just say if we show two products, we'll just double the shipping. And sometimes it's more than double when, when different products come together. Right. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, do you guys do any type of, do you guys do like dimensional, when a product comes in, do you have a dimensional scale or like a dimensional scanner when that product comes in from your customer, you do that for them? So we're measuring the product when it comes in, right? So for us, we're, we're doing DIMMs mm-hmm. and the DIMMs get loaded into the system uh, and then we're determining what size packaging to use off of that. Okay. And I, and I think that's a critical component for our customers to manage it. And we see a lot of people that come over to us that, that don't really focus so much on the packaging they're using and the impact on their rates. Mm-hmm. Um, do you run into that a lot as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think a ton of people. I mean, and, and I think it's just not understanding, for example, like Italy, one of my clients, they, they were selling free shipping over $75. Where these companies were going on and buying $75 worth of sauce. Right. And by the time they got done shipping it, it was a massive negative margin on that. Like, you know, they were losing $30, $40, $60 a shipment. Because of the bulk. Because, because of the, the dims. Bulk. Yeah. And the bulk and the dims and the damages and the bottom number of boxes they had to use. And every time it would show up damaged or, you know, that's a very difficult product. But yeah. they just didn't, you know, and that was going on for years. Wow. And they just didn't see it. So it's not just it's not just price. It's it's not just your AOV on an order for free shipping. There's more that has to go into that calculation. Absolutely, and you do. You need to have a good. You need to have a good um, 
partnership with your warehouse, whether it's in-house or not, in order to make sure that you're, that you're getting those DIMs for each product and that's being measured and being calculated to pick that best box. Because if you leave it up to a human, you know, that can't always make the right decisions. Yeah. How do you, how do you go about, how would your customers go about handling something just like that, right? So you don't know really until checkout. Mm-hmm. So you can't necessarily advertise free shipping above $75 because if they order, you know, $75 worth of spatulas, right? Little products that you can pack a lot in a box and uh, maybe they're 15, $20 a piece. It's no problem. But to your point, if it's sauce where you're going to get dimmed out or uh, sponges, big, big sponges, how, how do you go about calculating that? Is, is that something that you're taking into account? Is that something from a software perspective? I think that you're seeing a lot of different softwares come out and you're seeing a lot come out in Shopify and there are some softwares out there that are able to calculate this. I think the easiest way you can go about it as a brand or as your company is to start to figure out the maybe some actual product ends that doesn't apply for free shipping. So if you are selling a big chair like a medicine ball chair or something of that nature, that's a product that can't qualify for free shipping. So I think you need to be, you need to make sure you educate yourself on your product. You need to be putting that together and you really need to be analyzing your shipping costs. You need to have some type of vehicle where you're going to be able to see that cost per order at a shipping level. Yeah. So I think it's, it's not only doing that, but every, your dims are always going to change and your, I think your customer's choices and what they pick are always going to change. So you're going to have to constantly monitor it and, and really, you know, keep your eye on the, the costs. Yeah, uh, and that's an interesting point. So one of the one of the rises from the pandemic has been certain categories: exercise equipment, yep. like you mentioned, uh, home furnishing, more so than I. Not that it wasn't big before, but we, we, we've we've seen a rise in customers looking for fulfillment services that are in either outdoor furniture or or their indoor product because people are home and they get they're getting really sick and tired of looking at their old stuff and want new stuff. Yeah. Right, so you have to you have to face that dim challenge, yeah. and figure out how to ship it most effectively. Yeah, and I think that you know, especially too, not just with single products, but as you get multiple products together, it can really even in small products, it can really affect with that dim, and especially with the free shipping and um, the depending on how you know how expensive your product is. Right, right. Um, from from a from a regional standpoint, have you have you seen? Uh, certain regions perform better in the parcel category than others? Have you seen any of that? No, I think, to be honest, across the board, I've seen it pretty pretty standard. Okay. Obviously, going across the country when you're trying to ship across the country, a lot of times that makes things difficult. Uh, you can find your delays more in the distance your package has to go from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're able to have, obviously, multiple warehouses across the, in multiple regions, you're going to be at an advantage to be able to ship with uh, you know, the, the fastest transit times, less chance for delays, and you know, obviously the lowest cost. Right. Yeah, which multi-node approach is always a great thing if the product calls for it, right? Back to our main point. Know your product, know your customer. Right. Because you're not going to place, or maybe you are. I mean, if you're an apparel company and your SKU depth isn't there, maybe you're not, it doesn't make sense for you to put everything closer to the end consumer. But right. if you're shipping, you know, good luck getting... Bowflex weights, free weights, and right. when they weigh X right. amount, you know, yep. you want them next to the end user. Right. So I think that's something to be considered as well. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Those Bowflex weights, it, it's funny, right at the, the time the pandemic hit on March 16th, 
I remember my wife said, I'm buying these weights. And I go, okay, no problem. And I looked, I said, how much were they? And she goes, $390. I was like, hon, we got two weeks here. We got two weeks, we're going to go back to work. And you spent $390 on these Bowflex weights? Yep. Yeah. And I remember thinking that. And like two weeks later, they, you could have sold them for like $2,000. Right. They were right. selling all the knockoffs. Yeah. And, you know, we, we got to use those weights through in our when our one-bedroom apartment for the pandemic for that whole amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So it was the best investment she ever made. A year was, later, she's yeah. whacking over the skull with the one pound, you dummy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she was doing that about two weeks into the pandemic. <laughs> So. A one That's right. I mean, you, you. You, you were stuck in Jersey City. Jersey City, one bedroom apartment. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Unreal. Six months into marriage. Yeah. How about that? That's crazy. You know, but I have to tell you, it's been a different experience for everybody. Oh, yeah. Right? And it, depending on where you are, you know, I, I'm in a house, so I had that advantage. And my kids are older. Yeah. Right. So I didn't have to deal with that. No, you were just seeing the credit card statements coming in of what well, they were that, ordering from where. Right? Right, yeah, I right. mean, it's a different disadvantage, I think. Big kids, big problems, Caitlin. Yeah. Big kids, big problems. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, I know you, you escaped out back out to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got to spend some time um, in Tynessa, Pennsylvania and got to spend some more time with my family. Uh, we have a, a small camp up there. It's in the na- right outside the National Forest. So. We had to bite the bullet and get internet connection, which we never had a camp. I never wanted to have a camp, right. but to be able to go there for a month and be able to keep up with work and do those type of things. And my wife was doing virtual training, so we got to do that, which was very, uh, very nice. Right, right. So she got to do virtual training with the nice backdrops. Yep, she had right. a nice backdrop behind her. I mean, she was lucky. She got to see a bear. She got to catch some fish. So she, she really, uh, she really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I felt like I was, even though I was in a house, I felt trapped, you know, yeah. suburbia, New Jersey, you feel it's not really a lot of elbow room, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when you think about all that too, just with COVID, and we're all talking about how the boom in e-commerce is, and, you know, we haven't even really spoke about the vaccines and being able to get those out and how much stress that's put on these networks and the especially the express networks. So, yeah. wow, the ground networks and, you know, the smart post and the sure post networks and the mail got really hit with customer deliveries. Now these express networks are being stressed to try to make sure that they can get these vaccines out, which you got to give them a lot of credit trying to do everything they can on both sides of this. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and meanwhile, to your point, they have to do it express. A lot of this stuff is, has got temperature, pretty strict temperature controls. It's got to get to certain places, certain time at a certain temperature. It, it, it it's not been easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? I mean, we're here. Yeah. I think we've hit, we've hit a point now, uh, you know, knock on wood. I, I know a lot of people who have had the vaccine. Yep. Um, and, and hopefully we can continue to roll it out and start to see some normalcy by, you know, May or June. Yeah. Sounds like the numbers are going down, which is fantastic. Yeah. So CJ, in terms of like pain points that you see with your customers that you're speaking with in, in, in parcel, what are they turning towards, uh, in terms of service levels? Are they, is it, let's go cheap or is it let's go, let's pay a little bit of a premium to get it out? Are they going to, are they going to alternative services? What, what, what are you seeing out there as the trend? Yeah, I think it really does depend, like we said, a lot on the company and what they're selling. I think, um, you know, I see a lot of trends or, 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 you know, work with companies that, like we kind of touched on earlier, give options. And, and the standard might be free and there might be a, a pay more for as you, you know, pay more for express services. But um Obviously, every year the costs get higher. I mean, mm-hmm. um, 
So you're looking, they're looking to be able to do the best they can to control those costs as well as they eat into, you know, the profitability of their products. Right. It was refreshing for you to say that the price increases were in line with the last 10 years. Yeah. I was happy to hear that. Yeah, it is. And, and, and it's shocking, um, but they did keep surcharges. So I, I guess that's a way to be able to, you know, some kept surcharges and that's a way to be able to continue to manage that without, in, you know, significantly increasing. Um, that is in terms of your, your 4.9 on your rates, just like they always do, which they don't talk about the surcharges obviously went up, you know, typically most of the time more than 4.9 on most surcharges. Up, up to 12 or 13 percent but right. um you know that is also in line with the, what, it, what it looked like in the past years as well sure i think we've been talking a lot about more brands that are already established what do you tell a startup that doesn't really know their customer quite yet and they think you know giving them free shipping is the way to build brand loyalty what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean obviously the number one thing is you have to get those customers and you have to have that customer experience so um if if you're able to offer them something and you're able to get that conversion rate at checkout, I think then you, you offer that free shipping, but I think you have to monitor and I think you have to be smart about it and you have to be looking at the analytics because, you know, watching that conversion rate and, and what your abandonment rate is and those shipping and those, in those uh, certain shipping pages can make you really educated on what your customer thinks is most important. Yeah. And I think that balance is so important, right? It's like, yeah. you don't want to lose your shirt. You, you see these numbers, these orders are flying out the door and then you sit down and look and actually understand that to your point on the Italy sauce. Mm-hmm. Wow. This isn't what I really expected. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, look, there's the, the cost of, uh, of client acquisition is, mm-hmm. is high. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and sometimes you can attribute some of those delivery dollars mm-hmm. to the cost of acquisition, especially in your startup phase. I think it's important, and, and, and you, you might know better, but when that turnover comes, like at some point, I mean, look, everybody goes out there and you're probably losing a little bit in the beginning to acquire those clients. But once you do, you have to get smarter and smarter about that. And is that is that turning towards whether it's a 3PL, and that's not a shameless plug, or whether it's a, whether it's a consortium that has brought rates together so they're getting a better discount, at some point after that startup phase, do you need to go that route to make sure you're getting a deeper discount and then you can start to afford some of this a little bit more? Yeah, I think that you always, as you grow, you want to be able to have maximize that savings. And a lot of times you're able to do that. Maybe you can't get the rates on your own because you're smaller, but you do. You can work with a 3PL that has better rates than you can get on your own and they're willing to pass that along, which that can obviously help you save as you grow. And I think as you said, I think it's analyzing the customer, right? It's the lifetime value of that customer. So you know about a repeat order. You know if that free shipping brought that customer back. So uh, I think that really analyzing that and seeing, you know, as the customer trends, see if those people are coming back, whether they paid for shipping or not paid for shipping. There's a lot of scenarios you can run if you're able to, to gather that customer data. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think data is, is the key to all of it, right? Just learning your customers as quickly as possible. Right the trends and then figure out where what what they're looking for from you as a brand and more importantly having access to that data if you are working with a yeah. 3pl yep. are they going to give you access to know what that is so you can make those decisions to drive that business right teetering on a shameless plug no. yeah okay don't yuck my yum <laughs> no, but, no. i agree i agree i think a lot of times uh you know people look at certain line items or certain um 
pieces or parts of your operation as a line item and they just accept it for what it is. And yeah. when you think about it, there's ways that you can be better and be more efficient as a brand. And even if, you know, you do have issues with, let's say you do work with a 3PL and you work with another partner and you're having issues with them, um, you know, you've got to understand your processes too. And if you're not, if you're not in streamline and you're not doing the right things in order of passing information and data and not getting better as a company, you can, you can put stress on that relationship as well. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's true. All right. So as we take it out of here, you know, what are, what are, what are some of your th- key things to look for and parcel for 2021? Hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, you know, getting back to that commercial business and seeing some of that come back in place and seeing how the networks flex back to that and be able to continue to do, I think you're going to continue to see bigger peaks. And I think customer behavior has been changed forever. You know, whether we go back full to, you know, no masks and, you know, by the end of the year, if, if life is like it was in 2018, I still think the buying patterns of, of uh, people in this country have changed and you're going to continue to see e-commerce climb. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Caitlin, any last words as we, as we head out of town? Uh, Chinaco Blanco. Chinaco Blanco. We're fans, right? Yeah. Little cheers to everybody. Cheers. Long distance, six, six foot cheers. Yeah, exactly. Long Long arms. Long arms. Well, appreciate it. I think we're going to wrap it up here, folks. And I hope you got everything you needed to out of this uh, parcel discussion today. Thanks, CJ Comfort, for coming in today. Um, And we'll look forward to another episode of Sipping and Shipping. Be well. Thanks for having me. Please make sure you subscribe to our channel to tune in every third Thursday to Sipping and Shipping. Give us a like, please. Love it. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Make sure that you check us out on sippinandshippin.com or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Give us a thumbs up. Go ahead and subscribe to meet us here every third Thursday. Wait, where? Sippinandshippin.com. You can go to Apple Podcasts. Maybe you want to listen to us on Spotify. We're everywhere. Is there any G's at the end of the Sippin' and Shippin'? Leave your G's at home. No G's. No G's here. No G's. Just old G's. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Take care.